0: On the 15 second skip button. Enjoy!
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at
2: plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital.
1: Hello there, welcome to the first ever Driven Chat podcast. This is the podcast extension of the radio show Driven, which you can hear every weekend on talk radio. It is the companion of the Driven Chat video feature, where you'll be able to see a superstar in a supercar that turns into a portable chat show studio. And it also has a... What do I say? We've had a companion, we've got the... Yeah, the sister show to the Driven Feature, where you'll be able to see members of the team taking out really cool cars and doing ridiculous things. Something that we have done this week, incidentally, which we will talk about today. So who are the team? Well, I'm absolutely thrilled to be able to welcome them. Hi, I'm Andy J. Hello. Hello to you. I'm a broadcaster. That's pretty much all you need to know about me. (laughs) Thankfully, I'm the one that asked the questions. The brains are sitting in front of me. I'm saying the brains. I I really need to maybe say the brains. Two brains and a pair of legs. Because Mr. John Quirk has got his shorts on. (laughs) And I'm so distracted by the pins that it's.
3: They are good pins.
1: I can barely think.
2: His, so, eyes, his eyes his are put up put your there.
4: sunglasses
1: on andy <laughs> they've not seen
4: light for some time you have been in your bedroom for quite a long time <laughs> i've been enjoying lockdown
1: <laughs> so john quirk is the uh, so we we have a little catchphrase here which is that we're a broadcaster a journalist a photographer and a man with car in his name so the journalist part of us is mr john quirk hey jq how you doing buddy I'm great, man. Apart from the legs, of course, I'm, I'm in I'm really good shape. Thrilled to be here. Yeah. Love to get our Maiden podcast underway. We've done the opening. I feel like we've, we've kind of reached a, a adir now in audio <laughs> moments.
0: It's, it's happening. It's real.
1: There's the voice of the man with car in his name. John Markar. <laughs>
0: How are you? This is great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Wow. It's, we've got people listening already. It's yeah. very exciting. And they're
1: probably going, get to the car bit. We're yeah, here for the cars. the cars. We're here for the cars. the cars. Well, Amy Shaw, car photographer par excellence. Hey there. And uh, additional member of the team. Today, uh, well, today, this week, mm-hmm. you've been panning it around a 600-acre estate in a rather special Mustang.
3: That I have. So it was the 50th anniversary, uh, Bullet. And I have to say that I did feel nearly as cool as Steve McQueen. But I don't know if anybody can ever really feel that cool. Because, I mean, come on, have you seen the film? Yeah. That, that means
4: yeah. It, yeah. he's like my ultimate man totem steve mcqueen <laughs> is <laughs> he yeah it doesn't matter who, who comes <laughs> along now it's just it's always going to be
0: mcqueen man totem i feel has a very different meaning in your head as it does to mine yeah i'm
3: trying <laughs> to visualize that in, uh... he's just he's
4: just my idol i just think he's just so cool he raced dirt bikes in sort of southern california he's just an amazing actor like so stylish he, he i mean he's up there with paul newman and, the, and, and there's the list
1: that's very cool it's I mean so list. hang on which who is it it was McQueen that raced at Le Mans wasn't it
4: for the film for the film yeah. just just for the just, film yeah
1: mm-hmm. who's the, was it Newman that raced at Le Mans properly then I
4: think Newman's done it properly pa- Patrick Dempsey most recently yeah thing, yeah well he also done it. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, in he's done
1: it I think he, he's he's podiumed in Le Mans yeah and his team and he's he owns a team yeah yeah, yeah. So uh, I've chatted to Patrick Dempsey on the grid Ah, oh. that was what I've hosted Le Mans before. Gosh, here we go. What about me? Oh, I, oh, yeah, I yeah. just <laughs> did <it>. That's <laughs> what I've come for. <laughs> I got, I'm going to drop a couple of names because they're cool names. One of the f- one of my first Le Mans broadcast experiences. I've hosted it before for Quest and Eurosport and various other channels, and it's you know it's I, I like going over there. On the same grid in the same year, I chatted to Patrick Dempsey, Keanu Reeves, who I mean, Man Crush Central. He's a cool bloke. Yes. he's, he's, he's the one. He's John Wick. He's Oh, I mean, is Bill and Ted? I love him. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so Keanu Reeves. Such range. <laughs> Jackie Chan. <laughs> what? Yes, yeah. that's right, because Jackie
0: Chan Racing. Or was it owns owns a racing for? team. Yeah yeah, 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 Which Alex Brundle raced for. That's right.
1: Um, and Brad Pitt. Though I spoke to all of them on the grid. <laughs> so that was, that was quite, and do you know, there was one other person in that group who wouldn't speak to me. Right. Everyone else, really agreeable, very Out lovely. Out of the ones I mentioned, they all chatted to me. Okay. They all, we had a lovely chat individually with each one of them. It was very nice. In fact, Keanu was probably the nicest, walked and talked, and he said he was that really nervous. Me. He'd never seen this many people. All this kind of stuff. Really cool. Who was the one celebrity that didn't talk to me? Bearing in mind, they'd watched me talk to Brad Pitt and Keanu Reeves and Patrick Dempsey. This person clearly considering themselves to be above that level of celebrity was... Ross Kemp. Almost, almost. Oh no, really? Almost, Jason Statham.
3: Oh, what? Oh. I was hoping for more from him.
1: I was so like, my word. What the Brit won't talk to Britain. Thanks, man. You know
3: <laughs> Who does he think he is? Jason, I mean,
1: he's done some okay films, but he's not Brad Pitt or Keanu Reeves. Or Jackie Chan!
3: <laughs> maybe that was the problem. He just thought I'm not Brad Pitt or Jackie yeah, Chan. You maybe know, it I just I, exactly that might have been it. And he just, you know, then saw your face and thought, I can't do it. I just can't do it. I Could have
0: been I your chance to him. say, Jason, listen, you're cool too. Uh, <laughs> That's
2: he's... what he needed that encouragement.
1: See, I mean, this was a few years ago, right? So I've, <laughs> I've had enough time to decide that I really don't like the bloke. You know, purely for that reason. Aww. Jason, if you're listening, if you're an actual car fan, you've got an opportunity to put this right. Okay. Yeah, come on. You know, yeah. How do you get in touch with the show, John? Um, please,
0: yeah. Have a, have a look on social media. Come and find us. We are Driven Chat on all the platforms. It still blows my mind that we managed to get that in this day and age and haven't had to call it driven chat 478976 exclamation mark or something
1: that's that's quirky's personal one that he's had for years (laughs) Um,
0: so yeah do find us do find us and do tell us that you're listening because i think there's nothing more fun than seeing a notification in 50 years from now (laughs) when we've got somebody saying yeah i'm listening i think that that's really cool so yeah find us on instagram find us on twitter find us on facebook Uh, we also have a fabulous youtube channel which if it hasn't been already will soon be furnished with some premium content of us basically larding around in other people's cars, yes. which is fun.
1: I can tell you, that this is uh, so, hang on, this is quite exciting. Next week, if you're listening to this when this show is released, then you, we are just a few days away from a really special video dropping with Nico Rosberg in, Oof. which I'm very excited. And he's really going to be is. the guest next week on the radio show. So Perfect. there you go, just kind of dropping so something. There, we'll, sure. give, we'll give
0: a vague indication of where we are. We are in June in 2020.
1: End of June, last End of June. last weekend in June.
0: So where where are you now, listener? Where are we, where are we in the future? Well, we are in the future by proxy, aren't we? Without a doubt.
1: Oh my goodness! This this is a real good car podcast, <laughs> isn't it? Well, I
0: will tell you what. Let's let's, let's talk this. about quantum physics. <laughs> let's take this opportunity. Are
1: you a, a quark John? <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. I have a very <laughs> I have a very vivid imagination, as you will all, all learn very quickly. I think we should uh, we, we should go around the room. Because this is our first podcast, and, and for that reason, it can be a bit rubbish. Because of course, it's the first one. We might even call it a podcast. John, you
1: might get quoted right now. That now this is the thing. Now you've said that I'm extremely worried. Other automotive skewing podcasts, right? They're going to look for ammunition as to why you, people shouldn't listen to us. No. You've just said episode one might be a bit rubbish. No, well, so <laughs> that's all they need. They can pull in that in piece of audio out <laughs> and be like, "Don't don't bother with that." They've even said it's rubbish. I,
0: I meant it in an endearing way. Okay, you know, when you've got we've all got that friend who's a bit rubbish.
1: So instead, quirky, the line is that so (laughs) self-effacing. The line is,
4: I'm just grateful to be here and talking to people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Talking to our listener. (laughs) Singular. Um, I think we should get to know each other. Well, we kind of roughly know each other. But, you know, here's an opportunity for the listener to understand who who they're hearing. Um, So, Andy, you're by by far the most famous out of all of us because you you do things on the telly with actual celebrities like Jason Statham who you love um (laughs) why don't you tell us um how have you got here we've all we're all sat together in quite an unusual way and it'd be interesting to get a bit of a background where where people might have seen you and what you're known for
1: um yeah okay so I've been a broadcaster for a very long time, probably probably for longer than most of our listeners have been born. You know, I'm, I'm really old. I'm, I'm starting to look haggard, which is why some of the TV work is dried up. I'm not going to lie. Um, I, I, I have I've hosted loads and loads of shows ranging from I started my career hosting children's ITV. I moved on and I hosted a bunch of uh, music content. I did a, a documentary with Coldplay. I hosted, uh, co-hosted Record of the Year and various other bits and pieces like that. I did a travel series for ITV. I've had lots and lots of fun. And then I've also done lots of sport and lots of motorsport. So I used to have a, a regular show on Sky Sports, Talking Football. And I've been on ITV, Channel 4, BBC, Channel 5, Uh, Discovery Network etc etc around cars, racing and all sorts of other bits and pieces and it's lovely to be bringing Driven to the radio because it goes back to what I love most which is entertainment. You know I'm interested in people, of course I love cars, that's one of the reasons why I'm here and I'm interested in racing and sport but I'm most enthused and, and powered by people I find people fascinating. I find conversation to go in all sorts of random tangents and uh, I'm elated that the, the radio show enables me to have access to people that either fascinate me or I know are going to have something interesting to say and hope that I have the opportunity to get it out of them. So really, if the listener's wondering why I'm here, my job, frankly, is to ask the questions. You guys, as I say, are the ones with the answers. I am not on any level any sort of automotive expert. I have a great fondness for cars. I've driven shed loads of them but I still have to check with both the Johns if if anything I'm saying is correct and if I'm buying the right sort of thing or testing the right sort of thing or any of that stuff. So don't ever think that I know what I'm talking about about anything. I can ask questions. They might not even be the right questions. Nespard, John?
0: I think another another real important person that we uh, introduce is Amy, who I undoubtedly think is... I'm going to blow your trumpet a bit here, okay. Amy. One of the best, if not the best, automotive mm-hmm. photographers oh, in well, the United you. Kingdom. I would
1: absolutely second that, yes.
0: Um, Amy Shaw, if, you, uh, if you've if you ever looked at a, more than 10 photos of a car in the UK, chances are one of those photographs was taken by Amy Shaw.
3: Well, thank would you very be, much. Would that's that a, be fair? That's a lovely introduction. <laughs> you know what's funny is that I never actually planned to be a photographer, so all of this is really kind of new and really? it's even now, yeah. It's what were you supposed to be? I I was had no idea. I actually went to university to study uh, silversmithing, so I was going to make very um yeah well, jewelry apparently, I exactly. and I fell into the car. So uh, no, this is all experience that I've never thought I'd actually you know be here. Chatting to you guys for a start, so um. Um, um, Amy, that's
1: that little fact is amazing because <laughs> you know we I mean, we're all bonded by the common commonality of, of friendship and yeah. and mm-hmm. love of cars etc. But I had no no idea that you would have gone on to make jewellery because that means you're also twinned with John Quirk who was also you were going to be a seamstress, weren't you, John? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
4: It was. I was there, ready with my pattern-cutting course. <laughs> no, I actually quite like all that stuff, to be fair, so <laughs> didn't, didn't know where this came from. Um, no, but I, I'm, um, I'm a motoring journalist uh, by trade, and back in the day, there were these things called magazines. Um, I've never where, heard of them. What, yeah. are, what are those Well, things? they were like little physical bits of paper that stuff them? was printed on. Yeah, I used to hold wow. them and sift through them. They used to be like words and pictures in them, and they were really, really cool. Such a novelty. It was. And that's where I basically started uh, my my career in in motoring journalism. And then I moved into sort of digital stuff, so uh, I went into like big companies like uh, Auto Trader, Motor One, um, and most recently I'm, I'm working on this sort of industry and government initiative called Go Ultra Low, which is about trying to get people or encourage more people into electrified vehicles, because there's obviously big momentum at the moment around um, our own carbon footprints and what we can do to sort of, you know, make this world a, a better place for, for ourselves and our children. And it kind of feels, uh, you know, a, a quite on point really, but I say this in a kind of conflicted way because I still obviously want petrol power to exist and racing to exist and, and carry on and thrive. But there's, there's probably going to be a balance that we've got to got to strike, uh, you know, in the future. Um, but what about you Mr Marco I'm sure there must be uh, much more to your talent than just having car in name. <laughs> we have got this
0: wonderful strap line um of a broadcaster a photographer a journalist and a man with car in his name because my name is John Marco and it is real as I keep telling people Um but yeah, no I there is more to it than that I uh my my background has been less um initially less on the kind of broadcasting media side it was more on the events world so I started out running car control days and track days about a million years ago uh, back in 2008 I think it all got started and then from there I went on to basically my series of amazing flukes ending up doing all sorts of things in and around automotive but it all started with track days so a friend of mine he was a journalist came along to a track day with a new M3 threw me the keys asked me to have a drive I'm, I said some lovely things about it he asked me to write those lovely things down I was all of a sudden accidentally a freelance motoring journalist um, and just through meeting people doing really fun things. I'm I'm one of these annoyingly lucky people that is just surrounding myself by doing fun things. I always knew that I wanted to travel with my work. A bit like you, Amy, I never really had a plan what I wanted to be or what I want to be when I grow up. It just seems to, I, I just honed in on a few things that I liked. I love working with people. I love talking to people. I love traveling. And just by Meeting people with those same sort of interests, I've kind of got myself through quite an interesting career. So you might have heard of the Gumball 3000 rally. Uh, I was head of production for that for a good few years, which was really good fun. Um, and uh, you're
4: still alive to tell the tale. I'm still that alive is, to tell the impressive. tale. That's more
0: impressive. And let me tell you now, because everyone in the world, when I mention that I was behind the production of Gumball 3000, they will all say, oh, that must have been the best job in the world. You must have driven some amazing cars. And isn't it amazing that you're not dead? Yes, absolutely. The The thing is, it, it was never going to be the cars that were going to kill me. It was the hours that I worked to get that production done. It was an absolute feat. Uh, so, yeah, we did that. Uh, I did that from 2012 all the way through to 2015. Finished with a bang in Las Vegas. And then since then, I've gone on to do other weird and wonderful things with brands like Car Throttle. Um, yeah, just various media people all around the world. So... Yeah, um, and 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 here we are now. I, I met Andy a couple of years ago when we did a, another radio thing together on talk radio. And oh,
4: the motor show, the motor show, remember the motor show? Motor show, the motor show? Yeah, yeah. yeah. We
0: had a couple of years of that, which was really good fun. And um, and yeah, not too long ago, Andy phoned me up and said, "Hey, come back and uh, fancy doing that something similar again." And here we are. Well, so
3: that's what the wonderful thing about all the experiences that we've ended up uh, doing, and you know where we are today, hasn't been necessarily from you know really thinking we want to do that. It's this sounds like fun. Let's do that. It's, exactly. And everything you kind of explain has been you know driven from fun or from yeah just taking the experiences and thinking I'm going to enjoy doing this. Exactly. And, and I, I
0: always have a bit of an imposter syndrome. I don't know if you guys feel like this, but yes, I don't. I am not qualified in any way, shape, or form to do any of the things that I've somehow built a career doing. I'm not a journalist. (laughs) I'm not I've no degree in running businesses or planning events or travel. I now run a company that runs events and travel all over the world
1: but I you think. have got car in your name so, <laughs> so that's <laughs> all i need you know Easy that's win. it that but was i tuned out to everything you were saying then john because i heard <laughs> that you had car in your name and i was sold and then you kind of waffled for looks like about half an hour and then and then i come back to the car in your name and i'm back i'm back with you <laughs> <laughs>
0: so do you think it if my surname it? was taylor i would be like Quirk, not interested a, a not interested taylor
1: no no, no. No, you'd probably just chase tails. I, <laughs> I must say, though, you know, the, the one thing that, I, that, that combines that is that is a common factor between the, my three friends here that are sitting with me and, and looking brilliant and, and giving you their excellence is that they might talk humbly as if this is all just (laughs) luck and they've fallen into it, etc. But the the thing that that combines them all, apart from the fact that they're all glorious people and wonderful souls, is that there is a a genuine sense of talent from all of them that they exude. They are genuinely smart, lovely, super bright. I wouldn't want to be here with anyone else. I trust them all implicitly. I often used to play a game with my production crew. You know, we often make shows, you know, for ITV or whatever, where we'd go to these things, something like an Autosport International, you know. And so yeah. you're, you're there to host, you're there to talk to, you this, that and the other. But you also have to have something that keeps you going because these are really long days. They're very tiring. You're often parched most of the time. You're hungry and thirsty constantly. But there is always a free pen or a free, or a free wristband. They were du jour for a while. Or some people give you a free cap with a brand on, or a free notebook. And so we always had Blag of the Week. No one's ever going to beat John Markar at Blag of the Week because he just, even if it's not free, he basically turns up with a shopping trolley, pushes them through these things, and just loads whatever's on. I've seen him steal laptops, steal, sorry, assuming they're free, tablets, even people. This I, human looks interesting. Put them in my trolley.
0: I, I contest. Do you know what we don't see enough of anymore? Promo mouse
3: mats. Where did they go? <laughs> when did we stop <laughs> using know. mouse mats? I think probably when we stopped using the mouse. Uh, you know, the laptops came along with this little you true, know, pad that true. you uh, move your finger over. Yeah, it's
0: a shame. I think we should bring. I think we should start driven chat mouse, mouse mats. mats. We're going to make <laughs> at least twenty five quid if we start flogging those. Uh, no, just me. Okay. I think just you, John. Just, Sorry, just me. I'll. Yeah, that's fine.
1: So guys, what did you think of today's guest? Because I think now would be a a really nice moment to drop in a little bit of our celebrity. If you didn't hear the radio show live, because I fully understand lots of people have other things to do with their weekends and you've chosen to download this. And again, genuinely, thank you. We really do appreciate it. But you will have missed during the show today, uh, Mr. Harry Judd. He's from McFly, which is a pretty cool band. I know you're a massive fan of McFly, John. I know you've got all their albums. I can tell you a little bit about them. Seven number ones in the UK... Ten million albums sold worldwide and Harry himself won Strictly Come Dancing, which is, I mean, you know, you sort of think, oh, boy bands, they all dance. But he's the drummer. Right. So he doesn't do the dance. He
3: gets to sit down the whole time. He's, well, yeah, he's <laughs>
1: chosen the right solution. <laughs> None of the pressure, all of the tempo. But, you know, I think he's an interesting man. He had quite a lot to say. He was very open. And uh, why don't we hear some of the highlights from when he joined me earlier on Driven on Talk Radio. Mr. Harry Judd, star of McFly, Strictly Calm Dancing, an all-round lovely man. Harry, how are you doing? How are you finding
2: lockdown? I can't really complain because uh, many, many other people have had it a lot tougher than, than we have. When I say we, obviously, the McFly boys, We there's been, i not going to lie, an element of disappointment. We were, we were supposed to be going to South America and then we had our UK tour and then all the festivals, obviously, but... You know, I think in situations like this, with the most extreme situation, obviously a lot of us have ever been in, it's like completely out out of our control, and there's nothing you can do. So you just kind of have to quickly accept it and move on.
1: I mean, when you look at the timeline <laughs> of of your career, because you started so young, you know, you were you were just a bunch of lads when McFly started, and you had this amazing success, and so much followed. It wasn't just about performing music. You were also in TV shows, and you were in films, and you were doing all kinds of different things. And then, of course, the band had a bit of a break, had a short pause and, and you almost immediately threw yourself into going on Strictly Come Dancing, which of course you won, which was amazing. I guess the point I'm getting to is you're not someone that is used to inactivity. You're always on the go.
2: Yeah, that's true. And and it's something I struggle with. And actually the second part of my sort of adult life is there's been a lot of kind of moments of inactivity, you know, um, we after Strictly, we did some touring and then we did McBusted and then after that there was quite a big gap I mean I had children which kept me busy but yeah I personally find it quite hard not when I'm not busy um and yeah so it's, it's um for me it's realizing because from the age of 17 to like 29 30 I was just so busy and suddenly when it stops you think oh I've got to love a break but when it after a few months you're just like uh what am I doing? What is the what is, what is the purpose of life? Like you start to think all these things. So for me, it's, it, you know, really realising that I have to keep myself structured, keep myself busy, have a focus, stay present, you know, all those things.
1: Yeah, I mean, a break is fine if it's on your terms, isn't it? But when it's when it's something that's been forced on you, like we're all going through right now, it's, it's very challenging. Have, have you found during this period that you've sort of set yourself at least a routine, you know, is there something that you're, being kind of regimented about just to kind of keep yeah. yourself on a level?
2: Yeah, and exercise massively helps me with that. So uh, me and my wife just kind of take it in turns each day. Um, so one of us will do some exercise in the morning whilst the other one's with the kids. And then trying to, when I'm with the kids, trying to stay fully focused on them and not have kind of external distractions, which I'm not going to lie, like I'd, I'd fail at, you know. this it's Our phones are constantly beeping at us and um but yeah trying to give the children time and then so yeah exercise time with the children and then time to yourself um yeah it's it's kind of with an hour a day of exercise yeah around that if you're at home so it's kind of it's been yeah trying to get into some sort of routine but not always I mean I'm not gonna lie there's been many afternoons where Izzy and I have just put on a film for the kids just like oh god just just whack on Moana for the fifteen hundredth time. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've we've also been. I mean, we've been we've been we've been creating this imaginative play pack. Um, so we've teamed up with Sultan, and it was quite fitting, really. They asked us to come up with this play pack to come up with creative ideas for children um, to help children get creative and use their imagination. And it really was ideal for us because it gave us a chance to think really hard about different things we could do with our kids, test it out on them, and so, yeah, that, that's been really helpful. And, and also seeing this research about, um, you know, how how other parents have been struggling to keep their kids entertained and how half of UK families have, have admitted that children are spending more and more time indoors since lockdown made us realise, OK, we're not the only ones struggling here. And so, yeah, we've been doing what we can to, to keep the kids busy, keep them active, keep them creative. Do
1: you know, that's really nice to hear. And I, and I, I don't mean this to sound kind of condescending in any way i'm a dad myself i'm quite a bit older than you obviously but to hear that you've actually been actively involved in this pack because when i read the information about it i thought this sounds really lovely and you're probably just the celebrity names that will help get it out there but actually if you've been testing it yourself and you've been involved in it from inception that's that's great to hear that's not just an endorsement yeah
2: yeah yeah me and izzy literally have been when the kids have been going to bed we've been sat down it's given us a focus as well you know we sat down and come up with a long list of, of ideas and and then made that short list and and yeah we've come up with with well it's it's four it's in four sections so there's about uh, 12 to 15 different activities that we've come up with um, that we felt were the most effective ones that we tried with the children and um yeah it's been it's been fun and it's been rewarding and and I find that it's, it's enabled it's given me a focus with the kids not just sort of standing in in the garden or in the park with them just watching them play or doing the same old thing, It's, it's, it's given. it's been fun for, for us as well.
1: Let's talk a little bit, if it's okay with you, about Strictly Come Dancing. I know that's kind of delving yeah. into the annals of time for you now because it was several years ago. But nonetheless, you went out there, you smashed it, you won the thing because you started off doing the um, the comic relief version, didn't you? And sort of, you had a taster for it.
2: Yes. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I did it. I think it was Children in Need. Children actually, in but- Need, Yep. Yeah, sorry. It may have been comedy, but I'm not sure, um, but I, yeah, I did that. Had a taste of it, and thought I'm never doing that ever again because it was the most terrifying experience of my life. And then they asked me back to do the main show, and I was kind of, I just kept saying no. I just kept saying no. I was like, just remembering those your minutes build up before the live, you know, children need special. I did, and I was just like, that was horrific. That was so terrifying i never want to have to experience that again plus that was a pre-record it wasn't even live so knowing that doing the main strictly live show was going to be live 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 you know so i eventually got persuaded by mainly by tom um and and my manager and obviously i don't regret it but it was it was one it was a huge challenge um more than anything not just the learning to dance that was pretty stressful because you had that the, the Saturday, you had this sort of routine of, you know, Sunday was a bit of a day off, but I, I'd rehearse on the Sunday. I was the only one that year that would rehearse. I didn't have a family then, so I would just get try and get a head start. And, you know, you the build up each week of like trying to learn the dance, trying to make it look good, and then the stress of the, the Saturday coming. And so, yeah, it was a very consuming period of my life, but ultimately, it was worth it and I think that my main takeaway from Strictly was two things was to never shy away from a challenge I was proud that I said yes and I did it because then the the results were good and then also anything I do now post Strictly that I'm nervous or I think oh god this is so nerve wracking I think nothing can be as bad as Strictly if you can do Strictly come dancing final live, then you can do anything. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And how are they going to do it this time out, though? Because you, you can't really do Strictly Come Dancing with social distancing, can you?
2: I don't see how you you can. I mean, there... No, I mean, I can't think of a single... I mean, there are some of the Latin dancers they do side by side and they don't have to go and hold together, but the only way I can imagine them doing it is if they... Whoever's paired up, they, they go into a bubble, you know, right. so the pro dancer becomes part of that the celebs family bubble and that that will wreak even more havoc with uh with potential you know unrest amongst you know what i'm alluding to yeah <laughs> absolutely
1: the tabloids yeah.
2: <laughs> the rumors but i can only imagine that yeah the, they could do sort of bubbles you know each each pro joins the family bubble and, and vice versa i, I don't know
1: I mean, that would have been, the family bubble is quite interesting. You're talking about the pro dancer moving in with the wife and kids.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on
0: LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role.
4: And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com
1: slash ACAST. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: then there's also the, the family of the pro dancers. So it's like those, those families becoming one unit maybe for the the entire period whilst they're in the show
1: it's a bit like house swap but you keep both the families in the houses at the same time yeah
2: keep it all together they could be a, like you have a the reality show on the side maybe
1: yeah the spin-off i mean hey listen let's see if we can sell it it's a good idea
2: yeah i think that's a good idea yeah
1: it's largely yours we'll go 80 20 how does that sound <laughs> <laughs> it could work now harry the show is called driven and and that's partly to do with we love talking to people of, of note, people of success, people of celebrity about what drives them. And, you know, I, I've sort of already listed off so many of your achievements. You've done so many different things. What is it that keeps you going? What is it that gets you up in the morning and just inspires you to carry on? Because a lot of what you do, as you've alluded to, involves a fair amount of nerves, putting yourself in a situation where actually it's quite frightening.
2: I think the main thing that inspires me, I, I, I genuinely consider myself fortunate like very lucky to to be in the position i'm in because the, the thing that inspires me is the most is the people around me so my my bandmates we're all in it together um you know the hardest thing i've done in my career is anything that when you're on your own you know and and facing things on your own so being around surrounding yourself with inspiring people like my bandmates incredibly talented and driven individuals that that kind of inspire me to to keep wanting to do it and also people that I just love and get on with so well it's it's just fun it's just so fun so that's the one thing I'm most grateful for putting aside any of our successes the one thing I always take away or say to people is I spend 90 percent of my time just laughing when I'm you know being in a band and so if you can achieve that then I, what? Well, I, I don't know how you can achieve that in many jobs but it is that's why I just feel so grateful And and there's no question of Keeping going, it's it's just I love it so, um, and I love it because they're just you know great mates and and very talented people to be around. So I guess it's a bit of insecurity as well that keeps me going because it's that thing of like I need to be better, I need to keep practicing my instrument, I need to keep you know we're going out on tour soon, I need that's a, a goal I have, I need to make sure I'm good enough, and I think all of us in the band feel that slightly. Same thing with Strictly Come Dancing, that that fear of want, not wanting to be. Bad at something, And and that fear of, you know, I don't know if this is a good thing to live by, but it's partly that fear of of failure and that fear of not being good enough that drives me, I guess, as well.
1: You're listening to the Driven Chat podcast. That was Harry Judd there. That's what we call in the business backreffing, incidentally. Now, while you were listening to Harry Judd, John Marker and John Quirk were, they were listening to Boy George hits and Amy and I were eating chocolate. So we can't (laughs) remember what Harry said, but he was a lovely man. He seems nice. We're big fans.
3: Yes, we are. Yes,
1: but I uh, tell you what, this is a car podcast and the one thing we haven't really done yet is talked about cars.
3: No. About <laughs> half an much. hour in. We should probably start, don't Yeah, let's, let's,
1: quirky, list some cars, quick. <laughs> well,
4: well, what have we driven though, folks? Because I haven't been privy to any of this, sadly, this week. Yeah, I, wasn't, missed out this I wasn't you? able to, to had, join
1: this massive party.
3: We had a great time, really, on Monday. So, uh, yeah, Andy, and you were in something I'm quite jealous of, actually. Before. Yeah,
1: yeah, I was in, I was in a white, so that was the only bit I really didn't like about it. I was in a white <laughs> uh, Alpine A1. 110 S I think it was. I yeah, said, it was. Yeah. The, it was a posh oh, one. Wow. Yeah, the sporty one. I the sporty liked it. one. I liked it a lot. Yes, I. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, quirky. Yeah, quirky. Give us the background to the Alpine. Well,
4: they're they basically the the, the French nine eleven, aren't they? I mean, this was a, this was a car originally conceived in the in the sixties. It's got loads of rally provenance, and then Renault, in its infinite wisdom, has re, recreated Alpine as a brand. And the A110 is in homage to that car from the original car from the 60s. Yeah. And it has a very similar silhouette. Um, and it feels really relevant for this time because it's quite compact, as I'm sure you'll have, you'll have felt. Um, it's still mid-engines, but it's got quite a small compact engine. It's only a 1.8-litre turbo. Um, but it has this sort of liveness and athleticism to it that makes it feel really, really fluid. And because it's so compact... You feel like you can actually really exploit, you know, its full potential on on a B road or on yeah. an A road, and I think that's the difference. You know, we're talking about supercars now that are into sort of 5, six, 700 horsepower, mm. and it gets to a point where you're like, do you really need that? Is mm-hmm. it really all about? Is it more about power and and weight? And this is definitely in that sort of a Colin Chapman Lotus philosophy of adding lightness. It's about you know bringing it back to the core of what what the vehicle's about. Take it away.
1: You're so right, John. I mean, of course you're right. You're you're John Quirk. But, you know, the thing is, (laughs) you know, like I say, not a car expert, but have driven a lot of cars. So the car that I likened this to mentally the whole time I was driving it was um, McLaren 570. Um, Do I mean the 570 or do I mean the the 250 GT?
4: No, I think you're absolutely right there, dude, because it feels like a a mini... Hypercar, a yeah, mini supercar in every it did, sense.
1: It had that fit, you know, they they have the similar poise, they're the sort of same sort of height on the road, very kind of similar feeling steering, lightness, all of that stuff. And what's interesting is, you know, you're looking at many tens of thousands of pounds difference in price.
0: Mm-hmm. A hundred.
1: Well, <laughs> yeah. well, yeah. It's a, yeah,
0: it's a very, very, enough, very differently priced car. They are, yeah. they are very
1: differently priced cars, but...
0: I know what you mean in the sense of... Your position in the car, how it surrounds you. Yeah. It definitely feel it feels like a driver's car. In the driver's seat, it feels as if everything around you is there to be... It's a cockpit environment rather than a utility environment. It's stripped
1: back so that there's nothing luxurious about yeah. it. You know, it's, it's stripped back so it's you and a steering wheel and some flappy paddles. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and some tyres that you feel very, very close to that are gripping the road. And the Alpine, I mean, just, you know, won't kind of wax lyrical because you guys are the ones with the words. But at first, I was, I was a little bit like, oh, okay... I thought this was supposed to be like the greatest driver's car ever made. You know, what was all the fuss about? Because I was driving on motorways. And I, and, and, and I was yeah. therefore picking holes in certain things. The Bluetooth was rubbish. It kept choosing to not allow my phone to play and not make calls. Take Sounds a silly thing to say when you're testing a car to drive. But actually, you know, it's the basics. Yeah, Let's get the basics a, It's right. a crucial first impression, isn't it? Another little thing. There is no way to rest your your right arm on the car door. And when you're that low down and when you're... You're in a sort of muscle stance because you're aware of the power, you're aware of the grip. So therefore, you, you, know, you don't want to be lazily driving with one hand on the top and the other one out the window. You want your two arms you know, in, in, in racing position, frankly, in a car like this. And when you don't have that resting it, first thing I did was about 250 miles to get, to get where we needed to go. So you want a bit of, on the motorway, you want a bit of comfort. You want somewhere to put the yeah. elbows. <laughs> Quite aware that those aren't there. So at first I'm thinking, oh, huh. lacking in a few areas, Not set my world on fire. Given I keep hearing it's amazing. However, on the way home, my sat nav and my personal choice was I wasn't in a rush, so I could whack it into sport mode and enjoy the B roads. And oh my goodness! I mean, then I genuinely fell in love with it. I thought, wow, this is it's staggeringly brilliant on a country road. I mean, it's 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 engrossing and gripping and thrilling. And you know, I was exhausted and it woke me up, but it was really great. But A, I can't afford it, and B, if I was spending that money, Mm -hmm. Porsche do an equivalent.
0: You're absolutely right, and I think that's one of the things that we said when we were together on that day playing with with the cars. It is a wonderful thing. I think I completely get it. I get why people like them and why people want to drive them and what it's been designed for. But as you say, there is that other brand that do another similar-sized car Starts with a C and rhymes with playman, and I think I, I, if if it was me and my money, I, I, am I going to the Porsche dealership for the Cayman S or am I going to the not Renault dealership to buy the not Renault Alpine? Um,
1: no, I am going to Porsche, I'm afraid. I was lent a, a Cayman S for about three weeks. Yeah, and so I got so I've done so I've done over a thousand miles in both these cars, right? Yeah, and and in the McLaren, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, if I had the money, I would be buying the Porsche. Oh,
0: yeah, me too.
4: And I, well, uh, and you're not alone, right? This is this is the crux of what Alpine is is feeling at the moment, in in the sense that they had their first year of sales, and I think they sold globally something around four thousand units. Okay, and naturally, you'd expect about three quarters of that to be French, mm. because they're so delighted that this new brand is back. Conversely, you've got you know Porsche that are probably much at the at the end of the lifespan of what is the current Cayman and they're still doing sort of seven nearly 8000 units. Mm. And this is the problem. You 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 know we want as enthusiasts these cars to exist, but people have to buy them. Mm. And if they don't buy them then they're not going to make them again. And 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 there is the dilemma really because yes, there is absolutely some compromise with that Alpine but we are all grateful that it exists. Oh, totally. So there's yeah, got to be people out there that yeah. has, has to buy it and make the compromise.
1: And and for less money, I'd be really lured in. And if they were a bit more competitive, and I know they can't be because of overheads and all sorts of the rest of it, but if they made it, say, 15 grand cheaper than the Porsche, mm-hmm. that becomes a much, much bigger dilemma, yeah. I think, because the driving experience is very similar. Mm-hmm. And I think for saving 15 grand, you go, I don't care about Armroom.
0: And I think, as we said off air not too long ago, in about ten years' time, maybe not even that long, maybe five years' time. And
4: how long is the warranty, John? (laughs) So in about three years' time, (laughs) is the paperwork done? That
0: is is going to be one hell of a second-hand car. My goodness me! Somebody, there is going to be a lot of people out there getting an awful lot of car for not an awful lot of money and I know that Alpine aren't going to be delighted with that you know with (laughs) me saying that you've made a fantastic product Alpine and we do love it however it's going to be the people in 10-15 years time I think that are really going to appreciate what's been made there and I can only hope that that will then you know encourage people to to keep buying into the brand because it is it's without doubt a special car Mm it's just a bit too expensive right
1: now yeah. 0 to 62 4.4 seconds max speed 161 miles an hour you know it ticks plenty of boxes
4: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and for a car that only has about 250 brake horsepower yeah. it's because yeah. it just weighs about you know so light it's so it's light. It's yeah. super, so, so super light yeah but in terms of horsepower that was at the very bottom level of what you guys were driving this week yes it was
1: <laughs> yes it was we've been very lucky and hopefully um i'm trying to think of timelines hopefully by now the video will be available for public for public viewing, check out drivenchat.com. Yeah, it should be on there now. That we we the three of us, we three, not quirky, who just you know has a job.
4: You doing quirky?
0: <laughs> you were doing
1: something fun and I exciting. Was, I you? was
4: online shopping for shorts, and <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been delivered we
1: can yet. Tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we three managed to. Uh, well, we had access to what we're now calling the driven field. Is where we're yes. hoping to. It's where we're <laughs> hoping to drive more of our. Uh, wonderful cars that we'll be borrowing in the next few weeks and months. Uh, if you're a, if you're a car PR listening, please do reach out to the to driven John. field.
4: Yeah, you who needs yeah.
3: roads when you've got a field. We have a we <laughs> have, you have just, a <laughs> you can
4: just hear all the manufacturers just getting their nope. black pens <laughs> yeah. out right now. <laughs> it has a road in the middle yeah. of it.
1: But it's no one else no one else uses road. the road. It a has really. our own it has its own private road. No, we, we we got really lucky with this lovely, lovely man who owns this great big six hundred acre estate and is a huge petrol head, just said, I've got a road it's a private road. Mm-hmm. The top speed we've managed on this stretch of private road is 146 miles an hour. Come and have a go if you think <laughs> you're hard enough. Wow. So we did. We you know did. what,
3: trying to avoid the sheep, I think, would you be able to get that pretty pretty nicely <laughs> yeah. actually down that stretch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you will. It was also trying to avoid the cameramen and the drones. Was
3: that as well, <laughs> yeah. We had,
1: we had a lovely team of cameramen lurking in, in fields and in and in trees. And in bushes, and one of them in particular was very, very close to the kerb.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> and I, I got very nervous many times when we were trying to beat the speed record, which we, which we didn't manage. But, you know, thank you very much, of course, to, to the landowner. I, I do believe we'll be returning quite soon. I hope so. Yeah, yeah. no, I think it's, I think it's on. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that was what I was in. You guys, I'm going to I'm gonna sit back and listen because it was a lovely thing to watch.
0: What were you driving, Amy?
3: So I was driving a beautiful dark green 50th anniversary edition of the uh, Ford Mustang Bullet. And
1: oh, I love those. Yes,
3: so now when, when Andy came to me with the option of these are three cars <laughs> and I'm deaf, you said it, I've already chosen the Alpine so I couldn't go for that. And then <laughs> it was like either the Ferrari or the Ford and I thought Ferrari is the obvious choice but you know what, there's something about the Ford that I think is really comfortable and in its coolness and it's, I don't know, just something about its stance and, and the way that it kind of, I don't know, it's one of those, you do a double take of that car. It's not something that you'll look at initially and go, wow, you know, that's a you know full Mustang, whatever. It's, you know, the Ferrari, it's a, you, you see it and you know that you, that Ferrari's passed you in the street. Mm. But there's something I think really subtly cool about the Mustang and, you know, not only, you know, classic thing about the classic design as well, but the the, the newer, you know, especially the 50th anniversary edition, it, it's yeah, I just think really, really cool and I really enjoyed it. But you guys didn't didn't drive it either, did you? I just kind of kept no, it myself the whole day. I
0: sat in it briefly to do a quick video piece <laughs> with you. And that was about it. But it seemed like a lovely place to be. Like yeah. actual proper seats and
3: in a really weird so this might uh, this might be actually a negative thing to say, but I think it's great. If you wanted it's like a, a cool car, which you could also get your kids in the back and, you know, take your other half on a, a trip. I think it's a wicked car because it's got kind of all of the, it's quite a comfortable car to, to yeah. be in and, and around and also just sounds great um it sounds good the only thing i found is that you have to be really tall i had to move my seat really far forwards and i'm not short, but it's for the it's for
0: the grand american
1: man it is (laughs) and it was a manual
3: and it was manual yeah Yeah, yeah, i loved that i really yeah Yeah. it's a stick hey man you got a
1: stick shift here you know how to drive (laughs) stick (laughs) is that a thing in america right i know they say stick right but do they honestly have driving tests that don't involve Changing gears.
0: The vast majority yeah. of American tests are done on automatic.
1: Seriously. Yeah, so, yeah. You, so are there said... different licences then? Or, 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 does, well, or can you too. pass it?
0: You have an auto or a manual
1: licence here.
3: Yeah, but you know how most of us Well, when
1: I did my test, John, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old you didn't even need a driving test, mate. You didn't need to turn up. <laughs> well, pretty much. Actually, when I passed my driving test, which was before you had to do a written exam, and I think before automatics were even, you know, they, I think there were a rumour. Um <laughs> maybe a whisper there might be some day when you won't have to change gear unless you really want to uh, no i i remember i passed my test and uh, and i was like oh oh great thank you that's that's really great that's uh, you know it's like pretty much the first in my in my class to have done it all so i felt like uh, yeah <laughs> and the, my driving instructor went you'll probably have a crash within the first three months brilliant <laughs> you know i mean to be honest an animal would pass this test wow. and i was like w-? and i literally said to him well well, thanks. Did you That's, that's made me feel great. Uh, did
0: you have a crash in your first three months? Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't. That was my comedy answer. Uh, no, I did. However, somebody did knock off my wing mirror when I was parked. Oh, oh no! Which no one believed it wasn't me. Do you know what I mean? I came back to the car and the wing mirror had gone, and they were like, "Well, it was obviously you." And no, it wasn't. What it was car someone, was it? It was a, it was a little mini, just Aww. like just like you guys. We all had a mini. I can Xbox still car. I can still remember the license plate A three two three LPP. Aww.
3: Oh, I mean, yeah. you had your window, uh, where, yeah, your, your mirror knocked off. Mine fell off, my Mini. Um, ah, yeah, so, it's somewhere on the side of the A5, I think, still. <laughs> yeah.
0: we've, we've gone from Mustangs
1: to Minis. We have, line sorry, lock, yes. we haven't mentioned line lock. That's the fun thing yes. about a Mustang. It's, it's got line
3: lock. did not get to play with Didn't that, but that. Um, no. yeah, we'll have to have to take it back. And, uh, no, but I,
0: I, I think you're right. That, that, never, I've not really been particularly excited by the new Mustangs, ever. Um, but is but that
3: because you're comparing it to the Classics? Maybe, that's the, maybe. The problem.
0: I, I think because when that the, the newish shape came along mm. from like sort of 2016ish, um, I remember thinking, oh, actually, for the first time, that that looks really quite nice. And mm. then everyone in the world went and bought one, so I immediately got a bit turned off by them. But that they have become quite commonplace. You they know. have, yeah, they yeah. have. But the bullet edition looks yes. genuinely cool. I've got a real <laughs> soft spot, as I've mentioned a few times before, for green cars. Mm-hmm. And, and
3: brown cars with green and well. brown
0: green and brown is all uh, all I ever need from a car collection is green and brown and I'm <laughs> happy uh but yeah, it's a it, it is a cool looking thing, and it does look different enough. It doesn't even have a Ford badge.
3: Yeah, which I thought was one all. of the coolest bits about it, yeah. it. that's what I was. I think I even said in the in the driven feature that it's the lack of that badge is is confidence in its coolness. It knows yeah. exactly where it stands, and it's it's yep. it's proud to, to be to be there. And um, you know, I thought that was one of the actually one of the coolest features about it that you can. Pr- it's gone purely on the design, not needed to have the badge on the front to, yep. to to say, oh, this is a Ford Mustang. It's like look at this shape. You know what. This is. We don't have to tell you, and I think that is cool. It is cool. But then, when we're uh, talking about what we were driving, you had uh, (laughs) something that definitely stood out from the the others.
1: Yeah, expense. (laughs) (laughs) I, John, price tag my car.
3: (laughs) 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 This is a theme,
1: isn't it?
4: He he always has to be in something. (laughs) You'll be in the
3: most expensive car every week. Nonsense.
0: Absolutely (laughs) nonsense. I, I'm, I'm from humble. Background. I know where mm-hmm. I, I know where I stand. Um, no, I. I, <laughs> I Andy phoned me up um, a week or so before the shoot and gave the run through of cars a bit like he did with you, Amy, and said uh, Alpine, Mustang, uh, oh, and a four eight eight GTB Ferrari. Um, and I, I just said I don't mind driving the Ferrari. So um, you could
1: have you could have said I don't mind driving the Ferrari, Mister Willy Wonka, sir. <laughs> <You know. laughs>
0: <laughs> uh so yeah i i um i took one for the team and uh mm-hmm. jumped into the 488 <sighs> rosso corsa red ferrari i mean yeah if you're gonna do it you, what more do you what more do you need to say It mm. it is it is a fabulous bit of kit it's a, it's an actual proper real life supercar specced beautifully with the black leather um it's just a great thing. It is a great thing. I am not a huge fan, generally speaking, of turbocharged supercars and hypercars. I I like a naturally aspirated, screaming, revvy engine, um, and I have to say, the 488. You know, I, it, it's going to be impossible for me to pretend there was any real negative about driving it, but it did. It did cement that it was very apparent that it was a turbocharged car. It is. You you do get a bit of lag. Whereas with the four five eight, which is the successor uh, or the predecessor, sorry, um, is is very clearly a revy F one inspired engine, and it's I was lucky not so long ago. I was driving around for a couple of days in a four five eight speciale in Saudi Arabia, and it was just the most spectacular couple of days of driving I've had for a long long time. Um, And then jumping into the four eight eight, it felt just as special in the driver's seat. But for me, the the turbocharged excitement isn't quite on par. And I, yeah, I've done this before with with other cars. I used to own a 911 turbo. It was a wonderful thing to drive. It was incredibly fast. Was it particularly exciting? Not really. So that's the reason it went away. And yeah, it's. But yeah, I can't. I, again, I cannot possibly I'm just sit here fold and up
1: these tiny violins because they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, really, they're really starting to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> Quirky, you didn't join our driving troop, but that doesn't mean you haven't driven. What's the give, give us a, a highlight of your driving life? What what have, what stands <laughs> out in your mind? What, f- what as, as, as anything, something, anything? Yeah, as, as something that you're just like. Yeah, that that moved me. I'm
4: just I'm just thinking of the car that I've driven here in, which is what <laughs> I was hoping that you were going to say. thousand pound Audi A2. Uh, just just a nice segue from a Ferrari 488 GTB, but uh, yeah. Oh. It's dream. a design classic. It is a design. That, that, then that's where the parallel ends, I'm afraid, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think if you were being, uh, like, terse on the Ferrari, for people looking at that 488 GTB, you could potentially describe it as, like, a facelifted 458 with a turbocharger. Um, but I think the reality is, it's obviously, it's far more than that. Um, mm. It's the first turbocharged engine that Ferrari has done since the, the F40. That's so that's really significant, and obviously it's essentially the same engine that's gone into the the new the new F8 Tributo, and this this is the engine that is winning every award under the sun. I mean, if we're if we're going to be talking about iconic engines, this this new turbocharged 3.9 liter is it 3.9 yeah 3.9 V8 is is up there. It's up there with sort of you know the Lamborghini V10. Uh, it's it's that good, but. Um, you do sort of wonder whether is the story coming back to Enzo Ferrari? Always used to say you'd buy you buy the engine and then we throw in the rest of the car for free. <laughs> mm. And you do wonder a little bit with this. It's taking that literally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is, is that is that where it's going? But um, I mean, what a thing! And noticeably quicker, I would say. The it is over, over
0: so 48. fast. It's a, yeah, not to sixty three seconds. And I think the other stat. Don't quote me on this stat because I haven't got a sheet of paper in front of me. But it's uh, the one that impresses me. With with fast cars, you know a car's fast. It's when it accelerates from a hundred to one hundred and fifty. When you're already going a blistering speed and then accelerates, and I think it's something like from hundred to one hundred and fifty. It's four or five seconds, wow. which is when you're already doing a hundred miles an hour to go another fifty in just a few seconds. That is mind bending. Yeah. Something you can mm-hmm. only
1: try on the autobahn or at a racetrack. Absolutely. Responsible broadcasting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, look, that's it. That's your first Driven Chat podcast. That was all right, wasn't it? I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, I say I'm happy with that. What, it, what does it matter what I think? It's about what the listeners think. We thank you very much for your time, for your effort, for your ears. Um, we'd love to hear from you. John, what do you What do you say to that?
0: Yeah, come on, get in contact with us. It would be fabulous to know you've made it this far. So uh, why don't you look us up on uh, boom, 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 Instagram? Let's start with a bit of Instagram. We are Driven Chat, all one word. Um, find our latest post. Whenever, whenever you're hearing this, find our latest post and say, uh, "Hi, John, I'm listening."
4: Or <laughs> <Well>, may- <laughs> maybe even suggest the next ordinary car that Mark R should drive, like I don't know, a Bentley Mulsanne or <laughs> <laughs> Rolls Royce Phantom. Just throw them at him.
1: Yeah, so, but but something that he's going to be a bit dismissive of. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, was, I mean, it's not. It's not. No, we're not with South Africa now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's only three of them in the world, but you know. <laughs>
3: No, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that makes me excited to know about what's uh, coming next. I missed that meeting about, you know, the future future of what podcast we're, we're going to be talking yes, about. It can is. you can you give me anything that we're going to be covering?
1: We can. So Mr. Quirk here is going to be um, basically authoring a feature simply titled Tell Me I'm Wrong.
3: Okay. Where um, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was easy. He, <laughs>
1: Done. He makes a statement and we have to disagree. Is that is that about the gist of it? That How? is
4: the gist of it, yeah. yeah. I'll I'll present and you will be my judge
1: Judy. <laughs> Oh, I like that. Well, actually, one of the guests we have lined up for the show is Judge Rinder. Oh, so can I, can I be Judge Rinder? He's coming on in a few Judge weeks' me. time. Cool. Perfect. So let's go with that. I'll be Judge Rinder. Um, obviously, we've got Marcar's Find of the Week, uh, which uh, <laughs> at the moment, I just basically, you need to spend a bit of time looking through the classifieds, John.
0: Yeah, I am, I'm a bit obsessed with buying um, rubbish cars. Not, well, no, that's, I'm doing myself a disservice cheap cars. I'm fascinated by finding out what was once 90 grand about 10 years ago and you can now get it for 500 quid. So uh, I will be making some uh, gentle recommendations of what people, not me, should be buying but don't.
1: We're also going to be playing a game that I'm now going to throw around the room because I realise we should start playing it now. Okay? Drive it, own it, scrap it. We've driven three cars this week. We've just discussed them. The Alpine, the 488 and the Mustang. Ah. Drive it, Own It, Scrap It. I'm going to start with Amy.
3: Oh, man, not me first. Okay, uh, Drive It, I'm probably going to go with the... Alpine, I think actually. Yep. Uh, there's something about it. That I've Maybe this is—I've uh, never actually driven one, so this might be the, the problem here. Um, because I'd love to give it a go, and I was a bit jealous when you said that you were going to drive it. Because um, yeah, I've just—I've—I've I've been on shoots with it, and I've had um, a, a couple of professional rally drivers actually drive me down some hairpin like mountain roads as oh, we're on cool. this shoot. So I've experienced it in the hands of a professional driver, and it was wicked fun. So I can see, you know, I have been experienced what it can do. So I think I would probably drive that now um, this is the hard bit because I'm emotionally in touch now with the Mustang but if I had to choose between <gasps> own it, scrap she's it gonna scrap the <laughs> she's going to scrap the Mustang she's going to scrap the green Mustang I might to scrap the Mustang I really loved it but I think I'd just quite like it one day to, to be able to say yeah I own a Ferrari it's so a the Mustang
1: fun. gets the bullet
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh dear dad jokes here all week Mr Quirk
3: drive it, own
4: it, scrap it I would drive the Ferrari I would own the Alpine because someone's got to. <laughs> and I would scrap the Mustang. Oh, no. But only because yeah. the Mustang is the best-selling sports car in the world, so there's plenty of them still around. Really? Mr. Now, Marco.
0: I, I do think a similar logic, but I can't agree entirely with you. Uh, so I'm going to, yep, drive the Ferrari. I don't want to own it. I just don't want those bills in my life. Oh, good show. Um, I uh I'm going to scrap the Alpine. Ooh. Sorry. And the Mustang... Because it's green <laughs> and it's got a boot so I can put things in it. That'll, that'll do me.
1: Lifeline yeah. for the Mustang. Okay, look, that's it. That's all we've got time for. On the show next week, our special guest on Driven on Talk Radio. I am very excited to reveal, drum roll please, Mr. Nico Rosberg. Oh,
3: that's exciting. Cool. Yes. Formula
1: One world champion of 2016, Germany's finest. Yes, Yeah. I would say. Of, of the current crop, at least, you know. <laughs> I, can, I can think of one other German that was particularly good. Uh, <laughs> maybe two. Uh, but no, Nico Rosberg is on the show next week, and I think you're going to hear a side to him genuinely that you will have not expected. So please make sure you lend us your ears next week. We'll see you again then. Tschüss. Bye. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital.